Good morning. Welcome to Jesus in Coffee with Pastor Tom, where we have a little bit of coffee and a whole lot of Jesus. This morning, we are in Proverbs 18, looking at verse 21 and 22. Let's say a prayer and get started. Father, thank you for this morning. Draw us near to you. Teach us something new. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, let's look at Scripture. So these verses kind of follow in the same vein of the, the verses yesterday. They have a lot to do with the second greatest commandment, our, our relationship with other people, loving other people. Um, verse 21 connects directly um, with 19 and 20, which was all about you know our speech and uh, how we communicate uh, with other people. So verse 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. We talked yesterday about, um, you know, what comes out of the mouth can can be good for you, and what what's consumed. And it, it was comparing, you know, eating good food with saying good words, and receiving good words. And uh, this falls right right in line with it. Um, so death and life, obviously, you know, depending on the words that a person chooses, it can it can impact life and death. It really can. Uh, when we think from a, a gospel perspective, you know, Christians are tasked with the, the calling, all of us are, to be a witness for the good news that we have embraced of, about Jesus Christ and what he's done for us. And so that good news we are supposed to share with people. And in a sense, you could, you could argue that within that, we have the power of life and death, right? We could either share our faith with someone, giving them the opportunity to hear it, maybe be inspired to embrace Christ, or we can keep our mouth shut. Or as a Christian, which would be questionable whether or not you are a Christian, depending on how you're acting, if you're really reflecting that in your heart, you can bring death. You can say terrible, horrible things and be the type of person that says that on a continual basis, yet claim to be a Christian and really tarnish the image of the gospel in the eyes of other people and pushing them away from the gospel rather than drawing them towards the gospel. And so just from that perspective, this, this rings true. Um, the power of life and death are, are in the tongue. Now those who love it will eat its fruit. What that means is those who use their tongue for life, to give life, to encourage, to lift up, to to point people to God, okay, you will eat its fruits. That is fruitful. That gives life, okay? We see another analogy that works well with that is, is um, that of a fountain that continually wells up with water. You can take from it, but water keeps coming in. And uh, someone who is, is life-giving or someone who, who um, is giving positive, encouraging things and pushing people to know the Lord is like a fountain, they're continually giving water and nourishment to others. Um, and so really at the end of the day, the question is, do you want to be a dried up well or do you want to be a, a well that is overflowing, that continually is giving and never runs dry? And that depends on whether or not you're going to actively live out the two greatest commandments. If you're loving God, you will love other people. Uh, our love for other people, our compassion, our empathy, all of that is rooted in a relationship with God. And if we genuinely know and love God and have experienced His love towards us through forgiveness, 
grace, mercy, all those things in the gospel, then we will give that same type of love to other people because we've experienced it and learned it from God through the gospel message. And we'll give it to other people, and that will be like giving fruit to everyone. Okay, giving out fruit that's that's nourishing and and uh, sustains life for the people around you. All right, verse twenty-two. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Now, there's a lot there's a lot packed in this verse. Uh, first off, you got to remember this is Solomon, a man writing this, so he's writing it from his perspective, saying he who finds a good wife. This does not mean that it wouldn't apply to women, right? This this can go either way. He who finds a good wife or she who finds a good husband. It can go either way here, okay? But the idea behind it is what he means by saying a wife, okay? Because you can you can look at this and say, okay, well, there's lots of people who find a wife or find a husband and and it's not really a good thing in the long run. There's conflict, there's problems that lead to divorce. And then it it's not a good thing. And then there's regret and, and regretting ever getting married in the first place. And so, hold on a second. This seems like a very general, vague, unwise statement for Solomon to be making. Well, we got to kind of understand the context of where he's coming from here. When he says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing, what he means here with a wife, even though this is a very general statement, what he means is a godly wife a godly husband, someone who loves the Lord with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, who pursues him first, right? Now, all of Solomon's teachings in Proverbs is rooted in Proverbs 1-7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. That means the love of God, loving God, putting him as your idol, as your greatest treasure, is what is most important. All of the, the Proverbs... All of um, the law and the prophets is built on that one thing, that one true law, that one true command. Love God more than anything else. So he is coming into this with that mindset that what is good, the good thing, is that this wife here or husband is someone who fears the Lord. They love God with all their heart. So understanding that reading this verse, it makes more sense. If you go into the verse with that mindset, that when he says a wife, it's a person who loves God with all their heart, then it makes sense, okay? So if you find a, a spouse who loves God more than they love you and ever will love you, you find a good thing and you will obtain favor from the Lord. Well, of course you're going to obtain favor from the Lord because if you and your spouse are doing your best, not perfectly because you're not perfect, but you're doing your best, you two people, to love God more than anything else around you, then you are both, I'm using my fingers here as an object lesson, okay? Then you both are pursuing the same thing together. One flesh. Look, you're connected like this and you're pursuing God together. Now, if you get married, and let's say you are seeking after God right here, and you're going in this direction seeking after God, but your spouse doesn't care anything about loving God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, and they're going to seek something over here, then what's going to happen? There's conflict. You're not working together. 
You're at odds with one another. You're against one another, okay? Or they're going over here, all right? And you're at odds with one another. Or maybe even they love you more than they love God. They're idolizing you and putting you above God. Then you're going to have this conflict. You see what I'm saying? It's a simple little analogy here. Just use my fingers. <laughs> but if you're together in one accord with the same goal, you move together in unison like this, and it's more fluid, right? That's what becoming one flesh means. So if you find a spouse who has that same goal in mind, loving God more than anything else, and you're doing that, you're going to connect together as one unit, as one flesh, and it's going to be a very fluid, unifying experience and relationship, and it's going to be a blessed thing. It's going to be a blessing. In other words, you're going to be you're going to be living your marriage out as close to the way God originally intended it to be lived um, than other people because you both are in one accord pursuing the same goal. And this is what the Bible means by don't marry, don't be unequally yoked. Don't marry someone. Don't seek to marry someone who, who completely has different values as their foundation in life than you do. Just in general. If, if you're a Christian, you're supposed to be seeking God first. If you're pursuing a relationship with someone who doesn't care anything about God, they don't even believe in God, maybe they're atheist or agnostic, they don't love God with all their heart, they don't even think he exists, there's going to be heavy, heavy, heavy conflict. Okay, Either you are going to link on to them and follow their life values, or there's going to just be conflict constantly. You'll either end up having to deny your faith to an extent, or there's just going to be conflict. So um, seek seek un unity in your marriage. Now I'm going to say this one thing. And I'll end with this. But what if what if you're married to someone and neither one of you, maybe neither one of you, were saved, or maybe you were saved and you married someone who's not, and they don't believe in God at all. Okay, and you have a you have a good unifying happy marriage. Or let's say you get saved and your spouse doesn't. Are you supposed to separate Are you because you're unequally yoked? No. No, 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 no. The Bible never says that. The Bible actually encourages, Paul talks about this, Paul encourages you to stay with your spouse, to show commitment to them, to show love to them, because by you staying committed and faithful and loving to them and patient with them, you might lead them to Christ. And so that is never a time where you, where you say, well, I guess we have to be divorced because we're unequally yoked. No, this is an opportunity for you to love and pursue them with the love of Christ and hopefully lead them to know the Lord. Okay, But don't go into a relationship and into a marriage thinking you're going to change that person. Okay, don't, don't assume that you will in time change them. There's no guarantee of that. And so you need to seek to try to find someone that's going to be pursuing those same life goals as you in regards to your relationship with the Lord because that will obtain favor from the Lord and that is a good thing. All right, we'll stop there. A lot of good stuff here. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek after the Lord, a relationship with him. That is the foundation of everything in scripture. And you seek the Lord in his word in his word. Thank you for joining me. Have a wonderful and blessed day. I'll see you again tomorrow. Bye.